Welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. I am Mike Sandlin of Cape Fear Men, and I appreciate you joining us on this uh, interesting podcast we're going to do today. Uh, we have with us Chris Rondo. Chris Rondo is the Associate uh, Regional Director for the Southeast of man in the mirror boy that's a long title did i get that right <laughs> you got it mostly right there you go <laughs> so, anyway, i've known chris for, for a number of years he's been with man in the mirror a long time but just for just for uh, so y'all know we use this program to talk with men who have a vested interest in helping men to to uh be men that god's called them to be and help leaders be able to engage their men in their local churches and it's great to have chris with me we always have some great conversation. It's good to see you again, Chris. Well, thank you, Mike. Glad to, glad to be here to join you on intentional conversations and just to to help fight the battle for men's souls and just come along. Amen. Where'd you Where'd you learn that from? The battle for men's souls. <laughs> uh, it, it was imprinted in my brain eleven years ago when I started my walk with Man in the Mirror. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, man. I use that I use that terminology a lot also in helping helping guys to do that to uh, understand that they are in a battle this is not just something you, you take lightly this is serious stuff that we deal with and so you know, let me ask you a question we i know there's some there's an area i want, really want us to focus on but i want to ask you this basic question that i like to ask all the men's leaders so what do you think is the big one of the biggest issues we need to deal with when we're ministering to men wow and we only have 30 minutes right yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know I, I, I didn't, I, I kind of landed that on you. <laughs> no. um, I think, you know, and this is things I've hear in, in my conversations with church leaders and with the men that I talk to at men's conferences and whatnot is um, I think it's the difficulty or the, the, uh, the concentration on meeting men where they're at, uh, where are they willing to get into a place where they're comfortable to talk what events are they willing to participate in or what type of ministry opportunity? And as you know, it, it's difficult to have one church wide event where every man comes yeah. and you impress yeah. upon them the need to be a disciple. You can't get everybody there. The guys that come are just coming because it's a, it's a night away from home. So I think it's, it's trying to understand what men need, need, or what they what they want? What's what do we say? Give them what they need in the context of what they want. Right. They want they want relationships. They want fellowship. They want camaraderie. But where is that? Is it at the driving range? Is it at the shooting range? Is it at a football game? It's it's getting to know what those guys are willing to participate in that that you can give them some spirituality, and they're comfortable with it, or they expect it, and they're willing to be a part of it in that manner. I, I, that's probably one of the things uh, I see, because it's not a one-size-fits-all proposition. Well, I think that's I think it's good. That's a good explanation of what you just said, and I think that leads right into our next uh, subject matter that I really want us to talk about. <laughs> you know, segue right into it. I think that's, that's right. great. Uh, but the, and that is the three common mistakes that we see a lot of churches making when it comes to men's ministry. And I know you and I have talked about these quite a bit. We were we were mentored in these areas in in by by a common mentor in so, in, in this area. So let's let's talk a little bit about those three common mistakes uh, that churches do. Most all churches do in, in some way. So I want to let you lead off. What's that first common mistake that we sometimes see in churches? Well, 
to, to steal the title of your uh, podcast, <laughs> lack of intentionality <laughs> is uh, a lot of times when I go to meet with a church pastor or church leader, I always go to the internet and uh, observe their website to see where are they serving? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. What are they concentrating on? What mm -hmm. opportunities are there for men? Mm -hmm. And 90% of the church websites I go to do not have a men's ministry page. Yep. Not that not that a website is going to draw every man who needs Christ to your church, but it's an information tool. It's a portal to get the man connected in some way. Well, so, it also helps. It also helps people to understand where your priorities are at in ministry too. Right, right. Yeah. And and this by no means is trying to discourage or take away from the a women's ministry or a children's ministry or you know, a single adult, young adult, because I've got two kids that are right in that age group ministries. But in Ephesians 5, God gives us a, a strategic command for men to lead our families and to give ourselves to our wives and to our families sacrificially the way Christ did. And mm -hmm. then the kids are to follow that example and that model. But the, we're seeing where churches are not intentional about any, not every, anything, in everything that they do, you can be intentional about reaching men through vacation Bible school, through uh, trunk or treat, through a marriage conference. You can reach men in those realms if you're focusing on what part of the relationship does a man play in the marriage. Yes, it's a marriage conference, but you focus on the men's related topic there. So, again, women's ministries are, are awesome. Kids, kids ministries are fantastic. And I think we've seen in the years that we've both been in ministry, the statistic that was unfounded for a long time, but until recent years, so goes the man, so goes the culture, and so yeah. goes the family. Yeah. It, if you reach the man for Christ, you are 80% effective that you will reach the rest of the family for Christ because he will take on his ownership as the spiritual lead of the family. Mm -hmm. If a child comes to Christ first, you're probably only 20% effective at reaching the rest of the family. Yep. So I, I think that's, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Let's put the horse in front. Okay. Yep. I, just, I just call myself a horse. Let's reach, <laughs> let's reach for the men, the leader, the man who's supposed to be living out his spiritual leadership role. And we can see the rest, the family, the culture, the church, society follow a man's lead. Yeah, you know, that's something I haven't said in a long time that you just said. I used to talk about so goes the man, so goes the family, so goes the family, so goes the church. So right. goes the church, so goes the community, so goes the community, so goes the world. And I haven't said that in a long time, and you reminded me of that. And that is so important. Everything is everything really is is centered around how the man is spiritually grounded uh in his life and intentionality is very important. I remember a a, a uh, a common mentor that you and I had in Jeff Kasaya, he showed us a picture one time where he was, he had been speaking somewhere and he went into the vestibule and he saw this display of the ministries on this table. He took a picture of it and there was three brochures there and he would ask us what's missing. And of course people, the people are listening to us and then we don't have the picture up here, so we can't really show it, but it showed a brochure on children's ministry, show a brochure on youth ministry, show a brochure on women's ministry. And then he'd ask, what's missing? There mm -hmm. was nothing there for men. You know, there was nothing there for men. And that's the way what you were just talking about on the Internet, and their flyers and things of that nature. Uh, they're a lack and they're not doing anything. But the intentionality is very important because even Jesus was very intentional 
kinds of relationships. I mean, I mean, he didn't just put a feeler out there and say, how I'm having a meeting, come, come join me. <laughs> he actually went to 12 men basically and said, follow me, you know, tapped them on the shoulders and follow me, come follow me. And, uh, and so he was very intentional in that relationship. So I think that, that that's a model that we can take ourselves. So recently I just finished up, uh, hand walking a, a church through our no man left behind process. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they un- unpacked it over three and a half months. I showed up about once every two to three weeks to help them answer questions and help them get over issues that they had with it. And I saw on their Facebook page the previous Friday from the night that I was there, they had a, it was a Friday night fun night for young families. Mm. And, and I said, okay, there's 16 men in this room. How many of these men or you as the men's leader would you have ever thought of going to that fun for young families night to reach men to get them into discipleship? Oh, well, we didn't do that because it was for young families. And I'm like, what is the missing demographic from yeah. most church men's functions? Yeah. It's the 20s and the 30s. Yeah. So the, I believe, and I, I shared it with him in a nice way. <laughs> I'm like, this was an opportunity for somebody from the men's leadership team to pull the men aside for five or 10 minutes and say, hey, dads, how are you doing? How are you really doing? We want to help you walk stronger. We know you have stressors as a, as a dad, as a husband, and trying to keep a career at your life stage. Believe you me, when my kids were under 10 years old, my wife and I were going six, gen- six different di- directions. So how can you intentionally reach a man through that young adult or young family function and help draw them into deeper relationships through a discipleship process. And that's the light clicked. It, it just went on and they went, aha. I'm like, you didn't have to plan it. The church already had it. You're reaching everybody in the family. Let's just focus a little bit of intentionality towards the man. Yeah, that's right. And they said, okay, we do, we do that family fun thing once a quarter. So the next quarter, uh, this guy, Jason, he's going to go because he falls into that category. So he will coach those men on joining a men's discipleship class in some way. Yes, yeah, You know, I was at a church this past weekend speaking and um, I had a guy come up to me wanting to say, how can I get more men involved in my church? I didn't have time to go into the whole, whole uh, spew about uh, how what you just did. But I said intentionality. You got to be intentional with you guys. And, uh, and I said, and I'd be glad to share more with that, but, but the, and I did in my, in my message actually, but the, uh, the, that's the whole key right there is a lot of times attention out. That's, that's what changed my life was a man coming up behind, coming up on me one day and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Mike, I want you to, want you to join me, uh, in a, in a study with a couple other guys. And uh, for the three years I, I spent with, spent with that group and it changed my life radically when that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on because you talked a little bit about it as you were talking about the intentionality and how to use intentionality to reach it into uh, uh, men and get them involved. But uh, the other thing that uh, we, we talk a lot about is uh, as a common mistake that churches make is creating multiple entry points. What's a, what is an entry point? What's a, what are we talking about there? Well, it's not, and I, yeah, not every man is at the same spirituality level. Some have, some are new believers, some are mature believers, some are retired pastors that are in your church. So everybody is at a different, uh, a different mile marker on, to use the highway analogy. We're all at different mile markers. 
we all get on the highway at different points. So what I became a, a follower of Christ at age 21. I met some guys last weekend that accepted Christ at age 40. Mm -hmm. Again, you can't do one thing that will reach all of the men. So as the No Man Left Behind model uh, uses, there's five types of men in your church. If you can help reach a man at his spiritual condition, his spirituality level, whether it's unsaved, non-committed to Christ, in a cultural realm, the uh, biblical Christian or the servant leader, and on top of that, the struggling man. Those are the five types of men. And if you can reach them with a ministry opportunity for the struggling person, we've got COVID, we've got aging, we've got illness, we've got job loss, we've got money woes. If you can lead a discipleship avenue in one of those areas, you can reach the hurting and struggling men. So if, if you know your players, where they are, and I just gave another answer away. Uh, if you know your men and where they are on their, their, their spiritual condition, you can minister directly to it. Uh, if you're intentional about reaching those that are unsaved or unchurched, you obviously are going to go into the community, go into the homeless areas, go to the lower income areas, go to places that men are living more for the world than for Christ. That's the, the on-ramp for them. Uh, and it, it could be a, a recreational event that draws a man to come to a church. It could be, uh, I actually used this past, this past weekend. I said, if you're going to do an ecclesiastical study in the Hebrew language with an attachment to the Vulgate language of the original King James Bible, you're not going to draw most unsaved people into that study. In fact, you won't even draw a lot of your men who, who, who are solid, <laughs> who are good Christians in, in, into that study either. You know, I mean, they're, they're, there's just something about this. It's, it's so often we we put out these studies and, the, and that we're going to do encourage men to attend them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's only a select number of guys that you're going to actually connect with. And so you've got to use you got to you got to use other areas to 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 get them together, start gathering together. Right. So, and, you know, this, the, sim the simpler illustration would be if you knew that 60% of your men were having struggles on spiritual leadership in the home, would you go have a Dave Ramsey study on finances? Yeah. Probably wouldn't really make a big impact on those 60% of those marriages. But yeah. if you can speak to the man about reading the word, seeking God in faith, taking steps of leadership, mentoring those in his family, those would probably help him more adequately. Those are better on-ramps towards discipleship than the Dave Ramsey study. Nothing wrong with the Dave Ramsey study, but if you know your men are struggling with problem A, let's address problem A. Well, the interesting thing is, is what I really encourage a lot of men's leaders, and I said, and that's the reason why leadership team, and we don't, we're, we're not going to talk about leadership team today. Uh, you know, we may a little bit, but, but not in the extent that we, we need to. But a lot of times when, when we are talking about uh, uh, connecting with the men, you've got to you got to have that one on one connection so often. Yeah. Invite a man to go get a cup of coffee with you or out to dinner or lunch or something. The interesting thing about about connecting with you guys is not so much the fact of, uh, of the leadership team doing things, to bring a lot of your guys together, but taking the initiative, taking the intentionality that we were talking about earlier. And going out and having that one-on-one -on -one meeting with them to, you know, like going to a coffee shop, going out to eat or something of that nature, taking them to a ball game or planning ball games. And then when maybe you can do those groups, group, uh, group 
group gatherings where you're doing all kinds of stuff. There's there's things that guys like to do all the time. And uh, one, and one of the things I caution uh, leaders to do is so often churches will do things that the leader likes to do, which primarily is going to probably be a golf outing, you know, and that becomes the, the outing that men do once a year. Well, not every man in your church is a golfer. I hate to tell you that, but That's they're not. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm sure you got some, you possibly got some hunters, you got some fishers, you got some guys that love racing, you know, and, and, and then some of them may cross over. But, but the point is you need to do something that attracts every man in your church, all types of men, as we, like, we like to say sometimes. Right. It's, it's finding out what they're willing to come to uh, and giving them that opportunity. And I think most men, even if they're from um, society and they're not churchgoers, I'll just use uh, a trunk or treat. If they come to a church for a trunk or treat, a safe place to bring their kids to uh, get dressed up and have fun for a few hours. If it's at a church, they're probably going to expect to hear something spiritual or on the biblical sense. So use that as an opportunity to share them or give them some hope to want to go deeper. Um, invite them to a men's only uh, Bible study or a men's only activity from there. But it's a great on-ramp for someone who's not a regular churchgoer. Yeah, which leads us to the third mistake. And we kind of mentioned it a little bit. It's kind of hard not to mention them when we talk about the other two mistakes. But the, right. the third mistake, and that is knowing your men. You know, you say, well, well, I know Chris. I know Chris. I know Chris is, you know, he's married. He's been married this many years. He's got these many kids. I know Chris, but... Do you really know Chris? And so, and so the key is, is knowing your men. So how do we really get to know the men that uh, is in our church? Well, as Pat Morley has liked to said, evangelism starts with a cup of coffee. I think discipleship starts with a handshake and an introduction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, be willing to reach your hand out and uh, say, hi, how are you? I've seen you in our church. Are you new here? Have you been here a while? You know, I'm so-and-so from the men's leadership team. It's starting to ask questions. What are you interested? Hang out together. You know, build a fire and cook hot dogs one Saturday night. You know, get men in an environment where they're comfortable enough to share and really start to hear other men share about what faith means to them. But it, it's just finding out what interests them and what they're willing to participate in. And then you can evaluate, you know, the, the five types of men. Who are they? Where are they at in their spiritual journey? What are your interests? I mean, I actually, you know, if you take men on a golf tournament or a golf uh, retreat, that's fine. I know guys that have done it and they, I, I've never do this, but they play 72 holes in one day. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't know how you can actually do that um, without killing yourself. But Every time I'm dead. They, I'm dead after 18. What are you talking about? <laughs> every, every, every time they made the turn, a different person had the opportunity to share a devotion. Mm -hmm. So it was a way to give them the golf and give them the spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then over the few days, they get to learn about one another and where they are on that spiritual spectrum from new believer to more mature follower mm -hmm. and just getting to know their interest level. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to, you know, um, what about surveys? Do, do surveys in the church, maybe? They work very well. I, got, I have one church uh, who they actually took a business card, and I wish I had it sooner so I knew where it was. They put their name of their ministry on the front, 
they put contact information to the men leader. And on the back, it says, we want to get to know you with a QR code. And you click it with your phone and it takes them to a 15 question questionnaire. Give us wow. your, na your name, your address. Uh, where are you? I mean, uh, of these 10 issues in life, what is your, what do you want to be taught about? Are you have the most questions about what are your interests? What are your hobbies? Are you in a small group? Would you like to be, when are you available? And they created a, an online survey monkey where they can grab that information, um, to do that. It was, it's very cool to see that. And within, within a month, they had over 60% of their men surveyed just by handing them a business card and say, we want to learn more about you mm. and willing to do that. That is, that is interesting. That is a good, um, good way to get to know the guys. It's not, it's not threatening and uh, you don't have to worry about papers just laying around the church that they didn't fill out. And so it's so, using technology for a good thing. Amen. Amen. Well, God, God, God created the technology. I mean, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all those people can say we developed it, but no, uh, God just used them to the development. God is the one that actually developed it. So it, it's, it's great. I, I think that's a, that's a good idea. You know, I think, um, you know, our, our, our coach, our, our mentor, Jeff Kasai used to use the analogy of a coach, you know, yep. the, how, how a coach had to get to know because he was a coach himself used to have to, to um, he had to get to know his players, you know, as a basketball coach, he had to know who was a, who was a good shooting guard, who, who could make a good uh, power forward, who could, who could play that center position real well. And he had to get to know them and he had, and to get to know them, he couldn't just watch them play the game, but he had to get to know them personally too, one-on-one -on -one, and have those conversations that understand, is he a leader? You know, because if he's not really a leader, you don't want to put him out there in that, on that point guard position, so to speak, if he's right. if he's going to hog the ball the whole time with himself, you know. So you got to get to know your players. You got to get to know your men, so you know where to move the ministry of men and what is the significant struggles that they're going through, so you can develop those discipleship ministries uh, to minister into those into that particular area. If you're if you've got a if you've got guys together that has all their financial situations, and I don't know anybody that does, but if you've got, <laughs> it's got all their financial uh, in order, you don't need to have a financial course, so to speak. You're, right. you're not going to draw men in. You know? So we need, we need to understand that process. Let me, can I share something with you real quick? Sure, absolutely. Many years ago, I don't exactly know when it was, but it was at least 10 or more. I heard talk radio one day and these guys were talking. They said, uh, what do you think the highest job demand will be 10, 15 years from now? And it was, I thought it was peculiar, but the, the radio show host said, oh, it's going to be behavioral therapists and sociologists. Mm. And I, at first I was like, are they crazy? What are they talking about? I have friends. I know people. I'm plugged in. I'm connected. Well, here we are 15 years later. This is dating now. This yeah. is following sports now. This is identity now. It's how many likes, how many needs, whatever. The tangibility of contact and talking face-to-face, -face, shaking hands, hugging necks, hearing the vibration from our voices, the intimate relationships are no longer there face-to-face, -face, the one-on-one -on -one or the eyeball-to-eyeball. -eyeball. Mm -hmm. and, and, that's, that, and that's the way culture is going. 
So I want to share with you real quick. We actually have just created something. You may have heard of it, but it's the ritual journals. This is a, a intentional way to use the word, uh, to get to know your players, to get to know your people. This was mainly designed by our mirror labs team to connect with the, the nuns, meaning the, the nuns, the guys that are no longer, that are not associated with a church, but they want relationships or the duns, the guys that are done with organized or corporate religion, and they just don't want to go anymore. So it's perfectly made for a, a mentor, a man to take the step of faith, to take the risk, to go invite five or six guys to his house uh, every Sunday afternoon or once a week for five weeks and talk about the five core areas of life. Believe it or not, this is not a Bible study. This is a guide to building relationships and getting to know one another. The topics of discussion are health, origins, relationships, vocation, and soul. This is the first of probably six or seven journals that we're putting out, but it's it's the first step to getting to know a guy and talking about those five things. Once you start to know him and understand those, the next uh, journals are going to be going deeper and deeper into creating more of a spiritual, personal uh, guidebook uh, for that man's spiritual walk. Uh, it, it's very cool. It's actually been going over really well. Uh, right now, you can buy two of them. If you go to the Men in the Mirror site, go to the one-on-one tab, you'll see the ritual journals there. You can buy two hardbound journals for $40. Um, it's a great, great opportunity to get to know guys and give you that easy questions to start a conversation. Oh, that's super. That's super. Uh, yeah, I, I heard about that not too long ago, and, and I think that's a great, great tool that we can get into the hands of men uh, and leaders in, in dealing with this. Well, Chris, we are coming up on our time, and we need to start wrapping this up. I think this was a good conversation that we had, uh, basically about the three common mistakes. And so, I want to, I want to kind of throw it out there to the to the listening audience these questions that we talked about, and that is, how intentional is your church in reaching and discipling men? Look at that and think about that. Secondly, is how balanced is your approach uh, in reaching all types of men? I know, Chris, you talked about those five types of men. I don't know if we actually named those five types uh, in our conversation. You want to talk, you, you want to real quickly mention what those five types are? Yeah, I, I, I gave them a little bit of a different definition than, that, than what you're used to, but one is the natural man the man who has not accepted Christ. Then there's two, the cultural Christian. He's the guy who's just inside or just outside the door. I like to say he's accessorizing Jesus in his life. The third is a biblical Christian. He's serving, he's giving some of his time, but he's still asking God, what's in it for me? And the fourth is what we call a servant leader, a disciple maker. He is the guy who is pouring into others. He's behind the scenes. You may not know them because they don't want to be recognized for what they're doing. And the fifth is the hurting or the struggling man. Like I said, we're all going through some struggle at some point in our lives. We're either coming out of it or going into the next struggle. But the struggling man is the, is the fifth of the five. And if you can understand your men and where they fall on that spectrum, we find that you're more effective at growing them to the next stage of their spiritual maturity. And actually, that fifth man is struggling covers the other four men that you mentioned too, because they, they fall into those groups uh, in some form or fashion. And the, that's only, right. and, the and, and, and that's the reason why the last question I'm going to pose out to you guys from our conversation is what are you doing to get to know your men? 
what are you doing to get to know your men? So uh, I think that was a, this was a good discussion, Chris, that we had today, and and I appreciate your time and and uh, and your insight on ministering to men on these three common mistakes. Uh, so I want to ask you <clears throat> real quickly as we start to wrap up here. Just take about a minute. What do you think? Uh, what is your thoughts, and what do you what what is uh, the one thing that you want to encourage leaders of men's ministry or men in general? as uh, as they move forward today wow the, the the thing that's been on my mind it's a little bit off of the topic a little bit but we i think we can all look at ourselves at whatever stage of life we're at in question am i able to mentor somebody else i still have struggles how can i help somebody else be more of a christian if i'm still dealing with a b or c issue well, I think it's really been profound in my mind the last six months or so. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 talks about everything is uh, permissible, but not everything is profitable. Uh, so we need to pick the behaviors and the attitudes and the, the things that we want to do that are profitable for the body. You can do 10,000 things in your church for men, but are they providing value in drawing men closer? Uh, but when it comes to behaviors, if you look at 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, imitate me as I imitate mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to do my best to try to imitate what he's taught us through the scriptures. So I'll encourage you, do your best, focus on where guys are struggling, try to meet them where their needs are uh, and grow them to the next level. And the last thought would be, have you become at the current stage of your life, the man that you wish you had in your life as a mentor 20 years ago? I think that is something to drive men towards to say, I want to be a better mentor now so I can help a younger man become a better younger man and not deal with the issues that I have. Mm. So I would say those are my, my takeaways for this conversation. Amen. I, th I think that's good. And folks out there, if you want to know more about what Chris does in, in, in the ministry of Man in the Mirror, I encourage you to go to uh, maninthemirror.com. Uh, there is a lot of information out there that you can glean from to help you become the, the leader you need to be or just encourage you to be the man that God's called us called you to be as a leader in the home and, and in your church. So I encourage, uh, encourage you to do that. Um, if you want to get up with Chris himself, I'm sure Chris would love to have a conversation with you. You can reach out to him at chriswando at maninthemirror.org. And if you don't get that, just go to Man in the Mirror and you'll be able to find a list of the directors and, and uh, staff people there that will get you the email also. So uh, any other way they can get up with you, Chris, that you want to share or anything else in that area as far as contact? No, that's that's the best, most effective way to do it. Uh, if you actually if you want if you want to see me and get to know me, I'll see you at an Iron Sharpens Iron conference soon with Mike. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, man, we're going to we got two coming up in North Carolina and. Uh, this spring, uh, March March 18 in Wilmington, North Carolina, and, and April 22nd in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Go out to kfearmen.net. Uh, go to kfearmen.net, and you can find out all about those two conferences. And if you want to know more about what Men does, too, you can find out. If you want to get up with me and have a conversation and talk about anything or have me come speak at your church or to your men's group, you can reach me at mike.salen at kfearmen.net. I would gladly, gladly be uh, 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 talk to you about doing that. 
But thank you, Chris. I appreciate you being with me today, and I appreciate our discussion. It was, I think, it was very beneficial. One of the, one of the good discussions that we've had over the over the time we've been doing these podcasts, and, uh, and I appreciate it. And I thank you for listening to Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Cape Fear Men. And I ask you, if you would, to please leave us a note. Help us to understand what you like about the program and what kind of topics you'd like to uh, you'd like to see us talk about in, in the future. And that will help us, as Chris talked about at the very beginning, to be individually help you to fight this battle for men's souls. But for now, I will leave you with this blessing. I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, a brook to drink from, and a tree to shade you. So for this is Mike Allen saying, God bless. And I hope you will join me again on the next Gentle Conversations with Mike Salen.